Welcome to the To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and today I'm with Bob, the other half, the extraordinary half of my life. I love him so much. Thanks for being here, Bob. We are on a still journey, and we've been unfolding, unpacking the seven ways to find calm in the chaos. And so we have talked about leaning into the Holy Spirit. And this episode, we're going to talk about letting go, the big let go, the double whammy, let go. It's a lot easier to say than actually do. So I thought this would be a great episode for you to jump in here with me because you have had a profound transition from living a life of control to living a life of adventure. And you are definitely in the life of adventure now, but I know that we started out our life together very much wanting more control than we actually had come to find out. Let's go back to just a story. You and I went to the Hillsong conference back in the day, went on a date weekend, which was really cool. You bought us tickets to go to LA and we flew out there for the conference. And we sat down after listening to Brian Houston preach on oceans. If you remember that, he preached on oceans, all those lyrics. And I was sitting there so convicted, inspired, excited. But I remember God calling us out to the water again and him saying, you know, you guys have done a pretty good job getting everything nice and tidy, but weren't you a whole lot happier living on the edge? And I remember thinking, man, he's calling us out of this boat and onto the water again. You know, we had had three kids up to that point in time. You had wanted two kids. <laughs> so we were already one past your formula of success. And of course you loved all of our three kids, but you know, we were feeling like we were drown drowning basically there for a while. And we got, you know, everyone's potty trained. All the sippy cups are out of the house. Thank God. I don't like sippy cups at all. Um, diapers are gone and life is feeling like we are in control. Our business is rolling. Um, we have the house we want to live in. We have the cars we want to drive and life is like pretty darn good for you and I. And then Brian Houston has to preach this and we're, we're kind of messed up. So you and I were sitting there. I'll, I'll never forget it where we were, where we were sitting, you and I having dinner together. And we were talking about how adventure was calling us again and to risk a little bit and to move out to the edge all over again. When in reality, we were like, wait a minute, how did we get so far back from the edge? You know, we had worked our life into this nice, cozy, comfortable box. And so I felt convicted in that moment. And I think I might've brought up having another baby in that moment. And so I don't know, I just want you to share with all the listeners you know, give us some context of how you were raised or just what's your makeup, you know, how you like things in order, which is an awesome trait. Actually, I love that about you. But you, then you married me, you know, and I love order too. I just know that um, adventure is calling at most times for me. So how was that moment for you sitting at the table? And I said, I think God's calling us to have another baby. What, what was going on in your mind in that moment? Well, Satan, get behind me. Um, <laughs> I, know, I, I think I'm a, I am a recovering control addict. I think my walk with Jesus is a consistent surrender, surrender um, my own agenda, my own plans. Um, I'm, I'm very... Um, control oriented, it means I like to, th I like to see things in order and I like to see, um, my house in order, my closet, um, which after marrying you, that's, I'm pretty much through that out the window. There's, there's going to be I'm no getting better and better. You're, you're getting awesome in, in an own special way. But the point is <laughs> that there's a lot involved there because that, that same conference is really where we felt called to, um, 
do something different in regards to church. And um, I remember that conversation in, in, in regards to having another child as well. Um, you know, when we went from two to three, you know, and you think about like I had a girl and then a boy and I was completely satisfied. I had both sexes and um, I was raised with um, an older sister and myself. So, I mean, I'm pretty much a, a fantastic image of really what I was raised in. And I was like, I'm done. And then I think about my life without our number three, which, you know, who's Esther, you know, our life would not be complete no. without Esther. And then um, you're wanting to have more children. And I think to myself, well, I have a truck and I have two seats in the front, three seats in the back that pretty much throws out. I can throw the entire family in, in one vehicle. And so I'm just, I'm just processing all of the things that I have to change in order to make our adventure Okay, complete. so I'm just now getting this epiphany. Okay, <laughs> so let go could mean to some people let go of order. Yes, let go means I have to enter a messy life where nothing's in order. And the facts are, is God is a God of order. Yeah. And I do like order. <laughs> Bob, <do. laughs> Bob Donnelly. I do like order. You like order in your own special way. But yes. the, the, I mean, I, th I think we, we as humans have a natural tendency to always go down the path of safety. We want, and I'm not talking about adrenaline, like jumping out of airplanes and doing some crazy adrenaline stuff. Uh, I'm just talking about daily life. We, we want things very predictable and very safe in our life. And well, opening a church, planting a church is not safe. No. Having a fourth baby after the three are already out of diapers and they're in school. This was seven years. Our um, Esther, I think was five. And then by the time we had Eden, number four, she was seven. So all of a sudden it feels like we're out of balance. You know, you have three kids in school, you have a baby at home. And so it's like. Well, one thing that you've, you've learned to deal with me is that you learn to throw things at me like this, some, some major adventures and let me think about it. Let me process it for a bit because I don't like to externally process anything. So I'm more of an internal processor. So you throw something out at me, that's going to be an adventure and you've just learned to kind of throw it out there and then know that. And I have a, I have, I, don't change your mind very easily. So I know this is a done deal. I just have to process it. But I remember really distinctly where I decided, okay, let's do this is when we were in, um, we were in Palm Springs together and we we're driving together as a family. You and I are driving with our three children in the back seat, And we we're again, this discussion about having another child comes up. I think it was more than a discussion. It was, it was an intense fellowship, which means that your voice was above a decibel level. That was our really children mature. still remember it. Our children still remember it and they talk about it. And I'm like, listen, we're going to get you in Sozo. They're not scarred. They're not scarred. But the, the, but when I said, when I decided to surrender, I, like, I thought to myself, okay, at least I have nine months to get my mindset straight you know, cause I was like, okay, it's going to be before our fourth is born. I have a little bit of time to get, um, but, but I will say, um, I've, I've learned to embrace, um, this life of adventure and something was released when, cause having a child is a major deal. I, I, parenting is, is, is a big deal to us. And when Eden was born, it was almost like I, I've, I can't believe I was trying to stifle really what God was planning in our life. And so when Eden was born, something, 
something was released from me. Just another level of controlling my life was, was released at that moment uh, when Eden was born. And there's a new level of joy. When you try to control things, there, there are certain things, there's certain branches that come out. We're always trying to get to the root of the issue of really why we're feeling the way we're feeling emotionally, why we're are, are quick to anger, why we're, why we're quick to argue. And then when Eden was born, there was a new level of joy where I was a lot slower to be argumentative with having an adventure with the family. And, and so, um, there's something that was released at that moment. So for, at that moment for me, um, just with a lot of things, I was more accepting the challenge of God calling us to walk on water in my mindset. Um, so like I, we had Eden, which after a year of having, having Eden, you said, well, what about the fifth? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in too deep. I mean, that, that was at that moment was a, a complete relinquishing of that notion of, we might as well, we might as well have our fifth. So we, we, uh, have mercy now, which you look at our life, think about all the things that I tried to control and would my life feel complete without Eden and mercy. Um, I look at my life right now, if I didn't have Eden and mercy, I just don't know. I, I don't know how I'd feel. So it's amazing how, when you relinquish that control, how many things are, how many incredible things in your own heart are, are released. Um, the other part of control for me was, um, I, I think you remember when we, uh, we had Eden, we were completing the barn and, um, we were, I was drilling in a projector on that top beam of the barn. So I was in a, I was on a 12 foot a frame ladder and I was, I was, I'm never afraid of ladders. I, I, I jumped on ladders pretty quickly and I was never afraid of them. And, and I was drilling in this projector and one of the legs was just off and I didn't really, I didn't really worry about it. I didn't really think about it. And then all of a sudden one, that leg that was off just kicked out from underneath me. I thought I was athletic enough that I could actually catch myself in some, <laughs> uh, you know, you and, are, babe. <laughs> thank you for the encouragement. Off day. Yeah. And, uh, but I, but I did try to catch myself and, uh, with my right arm and, 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 uh, partially tore my bicep as I flipped, which was kind of a blessing because it flipped me sideways. And then I landed on my left side, um, partially on the ladder, partially on which my arm, left -handed. which I'm left-handed. And I looked down, I was wearing the spandex coat and I just, I, you know, something's off when just things are not perfectly straight. Like you've seen your arm for, for 40 years and <laughs> you, then you see your arm in this moment. So it was very crooked. And I, I tipped my arm upside down and just seeing if it was a compound fracture. Cause I was like, it's so crooked. This has got to be a bone sticking out of my, sticking out of my arm. And it wasn't. And at that moment what was wild about it. There's so much adrenaline going in me. So you just don't really, it's amazing when you experience it, you have so much, God gave you this adrenaline to deal with it and, and start, but it was amazing. Once that happened, the first thought I had, I actually, I started laughing because it, it was, it was about control. Like I'm, I'm left-handed. I love to golf. You were Since going on a golf trip the next day trip, and it was like, I was going to go to Houston. There was a, um, one of our, some of our good friends in Houston has this Navy SEAL, um, golf tournament that I was going to. And I'm like, man, I can't wait for that tournament. But then I was going from Houston to Florida on a two day retreat and, and a, and a an incredible golf resort. Um, and I'm like thinking, I'm just, I'm just living life and excitement for this next vacation. And this happened. I'm like, okay, I can't, my golf game, my golf game's obviously been destroyed ever since it hasn't been to where it used to be. But I started laughing because I knew, okay, God, it's God didn't make that happen. But it was, it was a moment in, in my walk in my life that, man, this, this is another level of control that um, needs to be released. And that's a lot of that control is, is enduring work 
working for that next vacation, working for that next break. Um, rather than thinking about that, I just started to embrace every present moment that I had. So, so do you think that control has a root of fear? Um, I think it has a root of fear. Um, I think that was for me, uh, I I think more importantly, I would rather look at the positive side. It's more of a a look of surrender. Like I I've, I've just decided to surrender my life. And so I, I, I wasn't necessarily fearful, maybe fear of, uh, losing control of my life, but, um, yeah, I think it's more of a, more of the mentality of surrendering my life. So do you also think that if a person is struggling with control, they might have a paradigm or a perspective that God doesn't have more control than they do? Like now, because you are, you are living now We're we're not just talking heads here. I mean, we bought this retreat center, we lost <laughs> our income and then bought a $3 million uh, retreat center. So it's kind of like, I mean, we're so far out on the water right now and I'm so happy living here. And I know you are too. So we're, we're definitely living what we're talking about right now, living the adventure, um, doing what we believe God's called us to. We're not just taking risks for the sake of taking risks. I mean, that's just stupidity but we are doing what we believe God is calling us to do, running the risk that we could lose a lot, but knowing and having the confidence in our spirit, in our gut, God, you called us to do this. So you're going to have to work out all these unknowns because there's so many unknowns, Bob, right? There's so many unknowns. And yet we believe that God is in control more than we are. So how did that shift happen? Because there's no way in the world Five years ago, you would have bought a retreat center. No. No. So what's what's the shift in 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 your trust in the Father? Well, first of all, you have to have the foundation that you that our Father in heaven is a good Father. You know, and there's and there's a lot wrapped within that based upon your own perception of your earthly father, lack of bad or great dad. I had to get down the route that okay, I serve a good God, and His thoughts are greater than my thoughts and actually his plans are greater than my plans. So if that is the case, again, I'm more of a logical thinker where I look in, I look at life more in formulas than mysteries, which may sound horrible, but it really does. I look at more formulas. Mm -hmm. So if his thoughts are greater than my thoughts, his plans are greater than my plans. His destiny he has in store for my life is greater than what I could conceptualize, think, or anything, if I surrender my plans to his plans, I believe my outcome, my life, my destiny, when I die is going to be greater than I could ever imagined. So again, it starts with the root of knowing that I serve a good God, but then also knowing that he's a good God and he has greater plans in store for you. So once you surrender those plans to our father and he will live, he will lead you to an incredible adventure 
But that's where the dependency on a good father is all about. You've got to get to a point where you're a hundred percent dependent. If you, if that's not the case, you're really not living by faith. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen. So I hope for certain things, but I have not yet seen it. If you're not risking anything, you're really not living by faith. You're living by your own faith. And you may define it that way, but if, if you want to live by your, your good God's, your good father's faith, um, it's going to live, lead you to deep waters. It's going to lead you to the unknown. It's going to lead you to incredible adventures where you just at, with your own strength say, you know, I surrender my own strength. I surrender my own because thoughts I don't have enough. because I, it's just not, it's, I don't have the capacity to handle. If you live in your life where you're consistently feeling like you do not have the capacity to handle certain situations, um, that's, that's actually a good thing. It's, it's, that's because a sign you have to, you're in your calling. Well, you have to, yeah, hundred percent have to depend on God. That's amazing. I've heard you say before, it's kind of a farce when we say God will only give, give you what you can handle. Oh, what a lie. What a lie. <laughs> he actually gives you what you can't handle so that we have to lean into him because <laughs> he's the only one that can handle it because then he creates dependency. So if he could only give me what I could handle, I couldn't have five kids. I couldn't have one. I mean, honestly, let's, let's, let's probably, probably not, Bob, you know, this. yes. <laughs> For all the moms out there that feel like, you know, you're in over your head. So am I, I'm five kids in over my head. Um, I'm thinking about the story of Eden when she was on the edge of the pool, we went as a family to the, to the pool at the gym and she was on the edge. And I think she was about two, maybe three. And I was in the water and you know, we're in the Pacific Northwest, so we just don't have a lot of pools around here. You're, it's just not common that your kids grow up in a pool from the time they're born, you know? And so anyway, she's on the edge of the pool and I'm in, in the pool and I said, okay, jump to mommy. And she looked at me and she went, mm, and I was like, hey, okay, jump to mommy. And she said, are you going to catch me? And I said, yes. And she goes, how do I know? How do I know you're going to catch me? And I said, well, because I'm going to. And she kept asking me, how do I know you're going to catch me? And I finally said, you will know that I will catch you when I actually catch you. That's the only way to prove this to you. Because right now there's nothing I could say to make you believe it. It's actually when I actually catch you that you go, oh, okay, you're a good mom, you know? And it's not like I've dropped her before. It's not like I have a history of being a bad mom with her, but she's looking at the water and she's looking at people under the water in her little mind. She's like, okay, so I get it. If I go under there, I can't breathe. Yeah. So I'm feeling like my life is being threatened right now. How do I know you're going to catch me? Well, in Psalms 4610, we, we read this translation. It says, be still and know that I am God. You go to the Blue Letter Bible, you go to the real root of what's being said there, and you can read it this way. Let go to know God. And when I saw that, I mean, it struck my spirit. It was let go in order to know God. You want to know God? You want to know if he's good? You'll know he's good when you let go and you don't go splat. And I tell people all the time, I said, you know, you're just going to have to trust you know, through prayer, through fasting, through wise counsel around you. When God says, come, Jesus, is that you on the water? Peter said, is that you out there? If it's you bid me to come, he says, okay, come on out. Well, if you know, he's called you to something, Peter didn't know he wasn't going to sink. He just had to get out of the boat and find out. Right. And even when he started sinking, what did God do? Jesus grabbed him because he wasn't going to let him die. 
you know? And so now this is where the Lord told me, he said, Jenny, the only time you get yourself in a pickle is if you're in rebellion. But if you honestly think, I think this is God calling us. I think this is God calling us. I got out of the car at this retreat center. Our first time we stopped here, I got out of the car, put one foot on the ground. And I was like, this is ours. I didn't even look around. I didn't even look inside. I didn't walk three feet before I felt that. And so we, we pursued that. We leaned into that. They said, nope, we're not going to take your offer. So we wrote a letter. We just kept knocking and seeking. We did not do it in striving. Lots of miracles happened to open up the door to get us in here. But Jesus had to make a way for us. And we did not kick down doors, but we knocked. Yeah. We knocked and we look for soft spots in the wall. Sometimes you don't find a door, but you have to find a soft spot in the wall that'll give way. So we were persistent about that. Um, but we did not take our own strength to try to manipulate or try to twist. But what we did do is say, we're going to lean into this Lord. And if yeah. it was you, it's going to have to be a miracle. We had lost all of our income. There's no bank that's going to loan us money. Oh, you lost your business. Perfect. Here's $3 million, you yeah. know? So we just knew it was going to have to be a miracle. And it was, it ended up being a miracle. And on another episode, we're going to have to share the story because it's so profound. But all that to say is we are out here at this retreat center and we are watching God do these miracles. It's like, yep, he caught us again. Yep, he caught us again. But Eden had to jump in order to find out if I'm a good mom. If I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, just like the word, if the word is going to do what it says it's going to do, it will be proven in the moment that we go, oh, wait, we didn't die. Oh, look, God came through. And so, Bob, in letting go of control, what's our part and what's God's part? Our, God, our, our part is just stepping out. Our, our part, I mean, faith is, is, is a verb. It's not one of those things. It's a mystical word that we just throw out there. It really requires us to take action. We, we really need to take action and then um, start walking it out. I mean, every day, being in the present moment, praying that the Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you, direct you. Every step that I take, I pray this all the time. Every step that I take, every word that comes out of my mouth, every thought, that I have hold it captive as if it's a negative thought, send it to the pits of hell where it belongs is a positive thought. I'm going to roll with it. Everything that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be spirit led that all of my personal desires are thrown out the window and I'm just letting go of, of everything moving forward. And I just believe even if I get to a moment in my life, Jenny, that I feel like that is a failure that, God maybe have failed me or whatever. I I still don't have that concept. I still don't have that perspective because I know in the end, um, he will be triumphant in the end. He's leading me down a pathway that even though I may get a little off course, if I have the right heart and spirit about it, he's going to start continue to lead me down to a, a destination that I know he is has ordained and planned for me. So it's takes our, it's amazing. The, the fantastic marriage of, of, of our faith, our steps moving forward and, um, the good God that's going to deliver us from any type of, uh, um, in our perspective, potential failure or harm or, or anything like that. It's man, it's just stepping out and, and, and starting to act. Yeah, that's really good. I want you to share the dream that you had maybe four years ago, five years ago. I don't know. I don't remember. It was in a timeline. I forget timelines easily, but, (laughs) um, you know, I have a dream. I dream all the time. Yeah. There are people here listening that you might dream a lot and maybe you're like, Oh, I want to dream more. You know, Bob doesn't dream a lot. Um, but he hears, hears God really clear during the day. So that's saying something, but I do want you to share 
you've probably had one handful of dreams that have been very, uh, they have been life messages for you. Will you share the dream about the two skunks that you had several years ago? And I'm, I'm trying to think exactly the whole, all the details in regards to the dream, but I haven't had a lot of dreams, so it's not too hard to, to, to forget <laughs> some of those things, but it, but it was a, it was a dream where we're at a drenched retreat down in, um, celebration of life church, you know, with, with that family down there in Baytown. And, um, I went to bed and I had this dream where I was, I was in a neighborhood and I believe it was in our good friends, um, Karen and Andy Edwards neighborhood. And I remember seeing two skunks and, um, I looked at the two skunks and there was a bunch of people gathering around these two skunks and I started running. And you know, when you start running in your dream, you just, you feel like everything's in slow motion, but I'm, but I'm running around my dream and I have these two skunks and these skunks are, are, are chasing me and, and I'm, I'm continuing to run as fast. I'm running away from the skunks as, as fast as possible. But I remember distinctly turning around and all these others, uh, this group of people were, were just huddled around these skunks. Like they were, they were actually gravitated towards the skunks. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you run away? Cause if you get sprayed with a skunk, that's going to cause you all types of issues. I remember when I was a kid, my dad and I would do stupid things. Like my dad would ride a motorcycle and I'd be in the back. I remember distinctly us jumping through the woods in Idaho, chasing after skunks on a motorcycle. <laughs> it just wasn't the brightest moment of my father or my life. But I, mean, I just remember doing yeah. that. And, and he said, if, we, if that skunk would have turned around and sprayed us, mom would have had to do all types of crazy stuff in, in the shower to us to, to get that smell off of us. It was just that smell. And so I was wondering, why are these people not running away from the skunks? I kept running. The skunks kept chasing me, kept chasing me, kept chasing me. And then immediately I woke up and I was like, God, what do you, what is, what is, what are those skunks? What does that represent? Because for me, I don't have dreams. And so if I dream, then most likely it's God wanting to tell yes. me something at that moment. And the two skunks represented safety and predictability. We all have the natural tendency to gravitate moving towards safety and predictability, but that's where the stink comes from in our life. Yeah. That's where we become complacent. That's where we stop stepping out in faith and really doing what God has in store for us all. And we run towards something that we may deem safe. We may deem uh, very predictable, but that's not what God's calling us towards. Do you think that dream was also instruction for you personally to run as fast as you can away from that, I think, demonic assignment, an assignment yeah. from hell that says, I'm going to spray you with an odor of predictability and safety where if it's not predictable and it's not safe, we're not doing it because yeah. that is my, that's my normal. And then, you know, you married me which is like, how are you even going to stay there? But, but what God wanted to do was not just have you married to somebody who wants to, who, who loves adventure, but he wanted your heart free from the need to be safe and predictable. So do you feel from that dream to this point today, you're having fun living? Are you having more fun living here on the edge than you are in a extremely predictable and safe landscape for your life. Yes. I, I don't think I'm like, it's, um, I said this this last weekend is the concept that people try to live their life just to die safely. That's like their calling is to live a life and die safely. Well, for me, 
there's more joy. It's like that feeling that you have, you're afraid of making a phone call. You're afraid of doing something. And then when you do it, what is the elation, the joy that happens as a result of facing some of your fears? You do it. You I mean, the joy and the freedom that yeah. you receive, um, that's what I want on a daily basis is that joy that I conquered something. And it's something natural within us all that when we face what we fear the most and we fear losing control, we fear that unpredictable feeling of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? How am I going to, how am I going to conquer this? We fear that. But when we face it on a daily basis, it's amazing the elation and the joy that comes as a result. So I feel more joyful now Jenny, it's, it is a consistent daily fight for me running away all, from the skunks to run away from the skunks. And that's what I really got from the dream more than anything is it is a consistent turnaround. You know, crap, they're still there. <laughs> turn around. They're still there. <laughs> turn around. They're still there. They will never go away in my life until I'm, until I'm dead. So what, but once you realize that hey, I'm trying to run, run away from that, see, most of the time we, we receive breakthrough when we actually, we have a realization of, of something. So I, I, when I, when I have the realization, the perspective that my goal is to run away from those as far as, as it's not in my DNA to actually be risky or adventurous, so my goal is to run away from it because I know that's where for me, the, you know, God is calling me towards. Yeah. And I want to highlight here too, that your greatest strengths that God gave you are order and, you know, building people and you do it in a way that's order and excellence. And you have a really high standard of excellence which is what you're doing here at the retreat center is you're putting things together. You're making sure things are working and operating. Like without your uh, God given gifting of order and building and excellence, we're not even fulfilling the vision that God has put in our hearts for this place. And I think that our greatest strengths gone to is where the enemy manipulates us and tries to anchor that, you know, once fear gets involved, in our giftings, now we're over on the wrong side. And I like my maximizer. Like I just want to take things to the very end of the earth. And I've had to learn this maximizer gift is not mine to execute just because I can. It is to be yielded to the Lord. So just like you with order and building and excellence and structure, those things are to be yielded to the Lord and used appropriately. Like I think of a surgeon with instruments. He knows when to use, or she knows when to use the right one at the right time for the right job, what they're trying to do. And so our giftings are like instruments in our hands and we have to be skilled surgeons, not just whipping them out and using them just because they're in our toolbox. And so that's what I've seen you do. I've seen you not just go, well, caution on the wind, I guess, you know, I'm a control freak. So I guess I won't try to build the retreat center in order. No, that's actually your gifting. And so it's this maturing of knowing when our gifts are to be used and when they're to be withheld in a situation. Right. Yeah. So any, any last minute thoughts? No, we, we call it strengths gone bad. I mean, if you don't use your strengths to fulfill God's calling in your life, rather than an asset, they actually become a liability. So for me, it's, it's using my strengths that God gave me. Um, and they actually become an asset to God's kingdom. That's amazing. All right. Well, would you pray for every person listening? I really want them to have the courage to do, you know, the old fashioned trust fall. I'm not going (laughs) to ask, you know, 
Joe Schmo on the street, like, Hey, catch me. I'm going to fall back. You know, cause I don't know you. I believe that this letting go is about intimacy. It's about, I need to know God is good. And I want you to pray, Bob, that people would just, you don't have to let go to the, you know, a lot of people say, let go to the universe, let go to Zen, let go to yourself. You know, none of that sounds safe to me. None of that sounds safe. I want to let go and let Jesus catch me. Let him pull me through. Let him be my safety rails because Jesus is safe. And there's unknowns, but they're known to him. He knows what he's doing. So could you just pray um, for that courage just to land on on the listeners? Absolutely. And I don't, I don't trust myself. So that's definitely where we're following Jesus. Um, before I pray, if, if we can do one thing, is just as a, as a sign of surrender is, is, is holding out our hands and putting our palms towards the sky, back of our hands towards the ground. It's just kind of a, a sign of surrendering, surrendering the plans to, um, father. And I believe God will speak to you as, as you hear my voice, father, you're a good God. I pray that as people hear my voice right now, they will become aware of a just this quiet voice speaking to them that they're going to be okay, that they can step out. You can be completely adventurous, losing control of the grasp of trying to control life. Father God, I pray for every single man, woman that is listening to my voice right now, that um, they walk in a life that is completely adventurous, stepping out on the water, knowing that Jesus, you will, you will be there. You will save us. You will, you, you're encouraging us to step out with you, Father God. I pray that Jesus just leads us to this awesome life, this radical, audacious adventure. I give you all the praise and all the glory that as people step out, as they lose control, Holy Spirit, you will comfort them. You will encourage them. You will walk with them in every step that they take. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, babe. You're so awesome. I'm so proud of you. You're awesome. It's incredible. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Bob and Jenny Donnelly, and we'll be back again. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, because if you do, then you'll get a notification, and then you won't miss an episode, and then it's all good from there. So also, we want to send you emails, because we have content that we think is really going to be helpful to you in your life and your walk with Jesus. So do subscribe for our emails at john1930.com. You can also get the book Still that I wrote, and it was released just this year in 2020 at thestillbook.com. Get your copy today, check it out, and we will see you next time.